0: go to the book this morning of John chapter 17. John chapter 17, amen. I'm going to read a couple of passages this morning as we're getting started. I'd like to say welcome to everyone joining in with us on Facebook this morning. God bless you. Thanks for, for tuning in, amen. Uh, if you're wondering why we come on a little late, and you probably know this by now, but if you're wondering why we come on a little bit later on Facebook, we don't want to uh, violate any copyright issues by by streaming the songs that we do and the worship and things like that. So that's why we come on a little bit later uh, on Facebook. So if you want to get in on the, uh, on the worship and the praise and the things that's going on, amen, you can certainly join us on our website as well uh, before uh, this time at 945. We're on there at 945. So again, we're ready for the word. John chapter 17, I'm going to start reading at verse 20. John chapter 17, verse 20, and I'll read down to 23, and I'm in the New King James Version on today, amen. And it reads, it says, I do not pray for these alone. This is Jesus praying. Uh, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Verse 21, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved Me, Amen. Uh, One more passage here in John chapter seven. Excuse me, chapter thirteen, chapter thirteen, verse uh, thirty-four. John chapter thirteen, verse thirty-four, and I'll read verses thirty-four and thirty-five right here. It says, "A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this shall all men know, or all, excuse me, by this all will know." That you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We'll read verse 35 again. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Amen. If you'll give me your attention this morning, I just want to talk about the point of it all. The point of it all. Amen. Holy Spirit, again, we, we need you. We thank you. and We trust you. Bring your word. Divide us. Divide our hearts. Break up all the fallow ground. Get every partition out of us, Lord God. Reunite our hearts to fear your name. We thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The point of it all. What's the point of it all? Amen. I've had so many conversations about politics. Amen. So many conversations about politics. I've had conversations about religion and policy, politics, race and politics, economy and politics, social justice and politics, healthcare and politics, corona and politics and I, and I don't mind talking about it. Well, at least I didn't used to mind talking about it, amen. And I'm not so much a fan of talking about it anymore because of how divisive it has become. Amen. Uh, At morning prayer call on last Wednesday, uh, the Lord led me to pray for unity in the body of Christ. He said, pray for unity in the body of Christ. He reminded me of this prayer uh, that Jesus prayed in John chapter 7. We know the Lord's prayer, our Father which art in heaven, that's the prayer that Jesus taught. But this is the prayer that he prayed. This is the prayer he prayed in John chapter 17, praying for the body of Christ. And he wasn't just praying again for the people that were with him, for his disciples and the local body or assembly, if you will, that he was with, he said, no, I'm not only praying for them, but for all that will believe as a result of their word. Guess what? That's us. Amen. So Jesus right here before he was going to uh, be arrested, he was on his way to the garden of Gethsemane. uh, and, And before he was betrayed and went to the cross, this was the prayer that he prayed that they would be one. Amen. He says, I'm praying for all believers for all time. Make them one as you and I are one that the world may know that you sent me, that the world may know that you sent me to come here and do what I'm doing. Let them be one that because by our love for one another, by our unity with one another, the world would be able to see Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. And so this radical message of love and And of unity was going to be so different to a world that was so divided that they would know, man, this has to be God. This has to be God. See, Jesus was born into a world or is sent into a world that was divided in so many ways. You had divisions between Jews and Samaritans, Jews and Romans. I mean, even the Jews were were split between Sadducees and Pharisees. And just there was so much division that was going on. That he enters into this world. Now, what a lot of people expected, and I think this is why the Jews missed Jesus when he came, they were expecting him to take their side. They were expecting him to come and to be on their side. And when they, when he wasn't, he, they were disappointed. See, see, they, they expected him to take their side. They were upset at him that he ate with tax collectors and sinners because, well, they looked down upon them. And he said, Don't eat with them. Well, why are you eating with them? They're, they're, they're not of the elite. They're not they don't have our status. Why are you coming to them? He didn't take their side. And the disciples were surprised that he talked with a Samaritan woman because what Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. He didn't take their side. When they brought out the woman who was caught in adultery, they expected Jesus to take their side, but he he didn't. When they questioned him about taxes, they said, is it right to give taxes unto Caesar? They expected Jesus to take their side, and he didn't. They asked him about ritual hand washings and all this other stuff, and they expected Jesus to take their side. But he didn't come to take sides. He came to establish something different. And Tony Evans says he didn't come to take sides, he came to take over. He came to establish something that had never existed before he came to establish a kingdom, a new kingdom, amen. A new creature, make new creatures, a new covenant, a new testament. He came to establish something different that had never been seen before, amen. I, I, I'm not talking about taking, or excuse me, it's not about taking sides from what is available, it's about being something brand new. See, this is where we get in trouble because we're picking from what's available. We're taking sides as the body of Christ from what's available. When we were never called to do that, we were called to be something different. Amen. What's available? We've got Republican. We've got Democrat. We've got Libertarian. We've got Green Party. I don't even know what that is, but it's there. Amen. We've got all these different things. And what we're trying to do is pick from what's available. When God called us to be something completely different. Amen. In Galatians chapter 3. Verse 26, we see just how different he's called us to be. Amen. Just how different he's called us to be. It says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Watch this, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all, what, one in Christ Jesus. See, we're not supposed to pick just from what's available because we're all one. We're something brand new, something the world has never experienced. And by this, that the world has never seen by this. All men will know that you are my disciples, that you have love toward one another. That's the that's the point of it all. Jesus didn't come to pick a side. He came to establish a new kingdom and its its citizens will be new creations that never existed before in this kingdom. This new way of life would transcend everything that came before and anything that would attempt to establish itself after. And by the church's love for one another. Amen. All will know that we belong to him. And by the unity in the church, all will believe that God sent Jesus Christ as Messiah and Savior. And now, 2000 years later, we are as divided as we've ever been. And the enemy is using this political landscape to polarize believers from one another. Amen. Our nation's two party system primarily is used being used as the dividing line between Christian and non-Christian. And of course, everyone knows that their side is the right side. Right. And if you can't see that, you're blind. Something must be wrong with you. You must not know God if you don't believe that my side is the right side. I've been told by believers on both sides that their candidate is the obvious choice. Amen. And, and if it's so obvious, then why don't we agree with one another? Amen. Why don't we see room? Watch this. Why don't we see room for disagreement because we're standing for right? We don't see how we, you can disagree with me because I'm standing on the word. I'm standing for right. I'm standing for right. And we're standing for truth that the Bible speaks about concerning these issues. And then the other way, well, we're standing against Satan's agenda against a certain race of people or just injustice in general. Yet we don't realize that our divisiveness is playing into Satan's hand. Why? Because by the church's love for one another, all will know that we belong to him. And by our unity in the church, people will believe that God sent Jesus Christ. So what's the point of it all? What's the point of it all? Family, the point of it all was love. The point of it all is unity. And I'm going to show you how this works. Amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 12, verse 29. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 says Jesus answered them and said, The first of all commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Amen. As we see the great commandments, if you will, the greatest commandment is not just to love God. It's also to love your neighbor. Amen. It's also that we love one another. Amen. But then watch this. When it comes to the church, as we read in John 17 that we're going back to, when he when he comes to the church, he takes it even a step further. Watch this. Or excuse me. John uh, 13. John 13. He says, a new commandment, verse uh, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. He's talking to the church that you love one another as I have loved you and that you also love one another. Amen. He said, love one another as I have loved you. How did he love us? He gave his life. He gave up his rights. Amen. He gave up his rights as as God. The the Bible says he was was in the world of the world. He formed the world. The world didn't recognize him. He took on the form of a bondservant. Amen. He came and served. He came and gave his life to serve us, to take care of us. Amen. To minister to us, to heal the sicknesses and diseases. He gave his life. And that's how we're supposed to love one another. But too many times we're so clinging to our rights we're clinging to our mindset to be right, that we leave off from loving one another. Amen. Family, we cannot fulfill the great commission. And I'm going to talk about that on Wednesday, how God has called us to fulfill the, the great commission. Amen. But we can't fulfill the great commission if we don't first fulfill the great commandment. Amen. We've got to love God and we've got to love God's People. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We talk about love. And yeah, this is a very one of the most famous scriptures on love. And let's look at what it says here. I'm just going to read it. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. This is Paul speaking, but have not love. I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So all of our posturing, all of our scriptures that we can quote about how our side is the right side, or this side is the right side, all of it is nothing. It's sounding brass and claying symbol if we don't have love. If we can't come together as the body of Christ and work together for common change under the umbrella of common decency and love, we're missing the point of it all. He goes on to say, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. I'm doing all these great works, and I'm reaching out to people in other countries, and I'm and I'm giving here, and I'm serving here, and I don't have love for my brother or my sister who doesn't believe the same way that I believe when it comes to watches, when it comes to politics and policies and legislation, and I can't love my neighbor. Guess what? I'm missing the point of it all. He says, love suffers long, verse 4, and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. And so many times, watch this, even as we go through this list. Even as we go through this list of what love is, we're trying to justify why our person is the right person. Because, oh look here, well that's not love. Family, I'm telling you, we've got to get back, watch this, to loving one another. We've got to get back to loving one another. I've said it before, I don't care if you speak a million words in tongues, but you can't speak peaceably to me about some area we disagree on. Come on, somebody. If we're not listening to one another's heart about issues, you want me to listen to you and I want you to listen to me. But we're not really listening to one another. There's a problem. We're missing the point of it all. We have to be able to hear each other's viewpoint because our viewpoint is based on our life's experiences. I'm going to get into that a little bit, but please hear my heart this morning. Because we think I'm, if you think I'm right now preaching to the, the supporters of the opposite side that's not your side, you're missing the point. I'm not talking to Republicans. I'm not talking to Democrats. I'm not talking to Libertarians. I'm talking to the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the church, amen, when I'm telling you that we may be missing the point of it all, amen. We're supposed to be the ecclesia, which means we're the called out ones, Amen. We're called out of darkness. We're called to be the light. We're called to love one another. We're called to be one. Amen. Galatians chapter six, verse two says it this way. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. Bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ that takes you back to John 13, where we are commanded to love one another. Amen. As Jesus loved us. Amen. The Bible says it in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Amen. Now, we like to apply that, getting people to look at our side, but we don't like to apply that when it comes to looking at someone else's side. Why do you feel the way that you feel? Why do you take the stand that you take? Why do you see it the way you see it? Not, 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 watch this. There's a difference. Watch this. Now, how can you see it that way? How can you believe that? That's, that's different than saying, tell me why you see it the way you see it. I, you better be careful. You might learn something. Tell me why you, you view it this way. Hey, Amen. I'm, I'm going to get into this in a minute. But we're so divided. That our stance on, a, on political and social issues were so divided in the church that now the church looks just like the world. When Jesus didn't come to pick a side from what was available, he came to establish something brand new. Something the world had never seen. And by the love that we have for one another, all people would know that we belong to him. Amen. What was the point of it all? Why did Jesus establish a church for love, to show his love, and to show unity, to make something so radically different that it would attract people from all walks of life, that all experiences and backgrounds to know the love of Jesus Christ displayed by his church to a broken and dying world. That was the point. But if we're not different than the world, if we look just like the world, then what's the point of that? What's the point of it all? If we're not going to be the body, why gather? If we're not going to be the body, why, why we keep doing what we're doing? We can, so we can search high and low and to find a single convert and make him twice the son of hell as we are? God forbid. God forbid. Amen? Family, we have to get back to loving one another. We have to get back to obeying the greatest commandments. We have to get back to, to putting the kingdom before our candidate. To putting the chief potentate Jesus before our politics. To put love before party loyalty. Amen. I'm talking to somebody today. I'm talking to us all. I'm not asking you. Watch this. I'm not asking you to change what you believe in, to change what you vote for. I'm not asking you to, to, to change and not stand for what you believe in. What I'm asking you to do is to walk together in unity and stop demanding uniformity. We got going to say it again. We need to walk together in unity and stop demanding uniformity. We're all not. the same. we're not the same. We're not the same, but we can still be one. We're not the same. He's saying, be the body of Christ. Love one another. We're not all going to be the same. You know, in the military, it's big on uniformity. Right place, right time, right uniform. We all have to wear the same thing, look the same way. Amen. Guess what? This isn't like that. We're not called to be the exact same. And there's beauty in our diversity. But if we're trying to get everybody to, 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 to see things exactly the same way, we're going to miss the point of it all. Now, there's some things that we need to come together. There's some things that are just, hey, this is black and white. It's in Scripture. And of course, now watch this. Be careful. Because we can begin to justify our point. When we go to the Bible and look to prove our point, you can do it. But the point of going to the Bible isn't to prove your point. The point is to get God's viewpoint. But So, so if we want to go to the Bible and start justifying what we believe, and we already know what we believe. Before we get there, guess what? You'll find it. And I'm telling you, both sides do it. Both sides do it. And there's some things that are non-negotiable. There's some things, hey, this is what it is. Amen. There's some things that this is what it is. But, but we have to stop demanding uniformity. Well, if you're Christian, then you have to believe this way. Mm. I'm going to talk about it in a second. We have to be the body. We have to love one another through this politicized climate of buzzwords and instant hatred. I call it instant hatred because all you got to do is add a buzzword in there. What I call buzzwords, you add a buzzword in there and automatically I know everything I need to know about you. Hmm. Hmm. When we judge somebody based on a word, Republican, Democrat, radical left, ultra conservative, then when we get these buzzwords and we apply them to somebody, we're not only judging that, that person's viewpoint, but we just judge them. We know everything we need to know about them before we ever talk to them. Guess what that's called? That's called prejudice. That's called being prejudiced, prejudged. And so if I understand, oh, you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or you're this, I've now labeled you and there's no need for me to listen to anything that comes out of your mouth because I know everything that I need to know about you. That's not God's way. That's not God's way. Amen. And I see so much campaigning on buzzwords and not issues. So many commercials that use these inflammatory terms that get you to that, that invoke a certain emotional reaction. To rob you of the ability to process and to think and to love. It's the enemy's strategy. He's trying to divide us and we buy into it. And I'm not saying that, that everybody that's in a certain political category or whatever, I'm not saying everybody's great. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying everybody's just evil either. Amen. You know how it is in a family. You're going to have some people who are the middle of the road, normal family person. and You got some crazy folks. That's kind of on out. You know, you know, you've got that uncle, that brother who's going to show out when all the family gets together. That aunt, that, that sister, that cousin is just a little crazy. Okay. And you know, they're going, to, they're going to come back. That doesn't describe the whole family. Right. And if you're not in the family, you can't say nothing about them because we're going to defend them tooth and nail. We know they're crazy. But you can't say they're crazy. Amen. Why? Because we're one. We're family. And that's how the body of Christ is supposed to be. We're supposed to be one. We're supposed to be unified, amen? We're all a part of the same family. We're many different ethnic races. We're many colors, experiences. But we're still one body that is called to love and to be unified with one another. You know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't see color because we're all part of this human race. We're all part of one race. Well, we'll, we'll try that when you call the police department. Me and police were laughing about this earlier this week. Try that when you call the police department and you have to describe the person that they need to find. Okay. Well, I don't see color. He was a human. You're going to have a problem trying to find who you're looking for. Amen. We see it. And to deny the existence of it is to deny the artistry of the one who created it. Amen. We should see it. We should embrace it. And we should attempt to learn from it. That's how we love one another. We're still the body. Amen. Andy Stanley, uh, a great pastor, he preached a message that uh, that my friend had sent me this week, and I I watched it on Friday night, and it was it was so amazing because the things that were um, that that God had put into my heart on Wednesday were the same things He was talking about, Amen. And so so I'm gonna just tell you, I'm gonna steal some of His bullet points on today, Amen. Uh, I'll send you the link after I preach it, okay? Glory to God. But it was exactly what God put on my heart that He was articulating, Amen. And, and, and the point all again, is to love, is to be a unified body. Amen. One of the things he said is that we have to put our faith filter ahead of our political filter. You know how when you, you take pictures nowadays, you got these filters on your camera and it'll make the image look a certain way, right? It'll soften this or color this. It's called a filter. And, and based on the filter that you use is based on what the picture looks like. It determines, excuse me, how the picture looks or how it how it comes out. We have to put, when we're looking at the world, we have to put our faith filter before our political filter. We have to put, again, the kingdom before our candidate. We have to put the supreme potentate, Jesus Christ, before our politics. We have to put love before party loyalty, amen? What what he, what he had said, he said we have to disagree, we can disagree politically, but love unconditionally and pray for unity. I'm going to say it again. He said, disagree politically, love unconditionally, and then pray for unity. Amen. And when we don't, when we don't do that, when we don't put our, our our faith filter ahead of our political filter, like I said earlier, we'll go into the scriptures and we'll see that Jesus agrees with us all the time. Why? Because we're going to prove our point instead of seeking God's viewpoint. Family, we have to understand, and this again was a quote from Andy Stanley I'm going to just take here. It says, the kingdom of God will always, at some level, conflict with the kingdom of men. Let me say that again. The kingdom of God will always, at some level, disagree with the kingdoms of men. And this is why it's absolutely foolish for the church to become divided over political candidates. Or political parties, because neither side completely lines up with the kingdom. Neither side completely lines up the kingdom. And again, this is why when Jesus came, he didn't pick a side. He didn't say, because if he did, then we'd all be Jewish, or we'd all be Roman, or we'd all be Samaritan. He didn't come and pick a side. Amen. He established the kingdom. And so the kingdom is so different from what's in the world. That's why he established a new kingdom. And we're stuck here trying to pick between what's available. And he said, no, there's something better. There's something that overrides the kingdoms of this world. And that's the kingdom of heaven. And he says, pick that. Amen. And so within this framework of politics, we're called still to love one another. That's the great commandment. To love one another. Amen. To love one another. To bear one another's burdens, fulfill the law of Christ. When we do that, when we bear one another's burdens, that's when we're showing love. Now we're actively loving our brother or our sister. Amen. Amen. The law of Christ, that love for one another, should be our standard of living. Should be the way we carry ourselves. And nothing should get ahead of that. Nothing should affect that. Amen. When we see that law, that law of love being violated, it should bother us. No matter what political side we stand on, it should bother us when we've seen people being taken advantage of, hatred being spread, children being killed, injustice, etc. It should bother us, all of us. Amen. And we should all be able to agree on that because, again, it's breaking the law of Christ. But this is where he really got me. This is where he really got me. One of the things he said, he said, we will always have disagreement among Christians about politics politics platforms, and legislation because of this right here. Watch this. Because you stand from where you sit. This is called Miles Law. You stand from where you sit. What that means is that the place we sit is our cultural context. It it determines how we see the world. What are some of the things that will, will affect where we sit, Right where we live? How we were raised, where we were educated or if we were educated, uh, what we've been told, what we've we've seen, what we've experienced, what others and we've seen other people's experience. All of those things will determine where you sit and from where you sit is where you stand. We are going to make our stand based on our cultural backgrounds, our experiences, Okay, the things we've been taught, the things we've been told. And guess what? That's not the same exact thing for any of us. So there's going to be differences in how we see things. okay? our life shapes our lens. Our life shapes the lens with which we view the world. And it's going to be different because nobody has the exact experiences that you do. Even in let's say we had uh, I've got some friends that I that I'm still in touch with that we went through the military together. Amen. But before we got to the military, we had some shared experiences there, but we were already formed and framed in a certain way before we got there. And so there's still going to be differences of opinion, even though we've come together at a certain point, because, again, of how we were raised, how we've seen the world, what got us to the point that we got to. And that's where the differences come in. That's where how we see things politically are influenced by all of the things that came before So we're not going to see things the same way. And pausing long enough to recognize that there's naturally going to be differences in how we view politics and legislation and policies and all these things is the definition of maturity. Stopping to recognize, hey, we're not going to see things the same way, but it gives us an opportunity to love as we learn about one another and we fellowship with one another and we have conversations about our differences. That's what the body is called to do and called to be. Amen. And the danger again, if we, because as we do this, we don't recognize that my experiences are different from someone else's experiences. That even when I go to read the word, I'm going to view it based on my lens. Based on how I see the world is how I'm going to, even when I read scripture, when I look at the word, when I read the Bible, I'm going to see it through a certain lens. And that's why a lot of times when we start talking about politics, why it's so hard for us to see it any different way, because all of my life has led me to this point in this viewpoint. But I have to be mature enough to say there's another viewpoint, there's another side Of things that I may not see that I may not understand and doesn't mean that I necessarily have to agree doesn't mean I necessarily have to change how I feel but you might if you have some conversations doesn't I'm not calling you again that's calling you to uniformity I'm not calling you to that what I'm asking you to do is be mature enough to say you know what there's other perspectives, and I don't have to hate you based on your perspective. I don't have to be so so uh, disagreeable. We can disagree, but I don't have to be so disagreeable with you because you're one of the body of Christ. You're my brother. You're my sister, and you had a different upbringing. You sat in a different place, and that's where you're standing from. And I sat in a different place, and that's where I'm standing from. Again, there will always be a difference in our policies platforms and legislation and that's okay as long as we're mature enough to not let it divide us and we'll come out better for the conversations that we have amen my father was a was a master storyteller a great life teacher uh, you know and the things he was most passionate about that he shared with us and taught us uh came out about from his upbringing and life experiences as a black man who grew up in the north That went into the Marines in the South, Married my mom, had raised a family. He was a good man, provided for us, but he was also a man who encountered racism on a daily basis. And I'm not just talking about in the South. I'm talking about as he grew up, even into the 90s, he encountered racism all the time. And the lessons that he taught us were influenced by the world that he lived in. His stand on issues was based on where he sat. And his perspective was valid, even if it wasn't somebody else's perspective. Now, his view of the world, again, was valid based on where he sat. His view of politics, his view of candidates was valid based on where he sat. Now, what he did is he did his best to ensure that we didn't have to sit, me and my brothers and my my mom, my mom, we didn't have to sit in the places where he sat. He taught us to be different. He taught us to sit different, to experience different things. And he worked hard to make sure that we had opportunities that he didn't have. And because of that, now our perspective, now speak for me, my perspective is different than his perspective was on things. Because I sat in a different place and he made sure I was able to sit in a different place. Family Christians are seated in different seats. We were raised, different life experiences. What we've been told, what we've been taught, amen, It's different. So we're not going to agree on everything, but we can all agree that Jesus commands us to love one another as he loved us. Amen. That's the point of it all. That's the point of it all, to love one another as he loved us, even through this interesting political season. Amen. Listen, so what do we do? Let me close with this. What do we do? Three things. Number one, listen. The first thing we need to do is we need to listen. We need to have intentionally listen to and have conversations with people who do not experience the world the way that you do. Amen. You need to listen. Too many of our conversations, and I know that may irritate somebody. that may rub somebody the wrong wrong way, if you will, right there when I say you need to have conversations. But the thing is, when we think about these conversations a lot of times, we're thinking about going to them and convincing them that we're right. That's not what I'm talking about. I said, listen. I said, listen, amen? Too many times where our conversations are only spent trying to convince people of our viewpoint. But the Bible says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. And when you do that, you may discover a different perspective. You will discover a different perspective. Now, again, actually listening to somebody doesn't require you to change, but it will help you to walk with them in an understanding way. That's what love is. That's what we're called to do. So the first thing is to listen. The second thing is to learn. When you're listening, you should be listening to learn. Adam Stanley said it this way. He said, be a student and not a critic. Amen. Otherwise, you're going to discount everything that doesn't fit within your worldview, in your flawed worldview, because we don't see everything. Be able to learn. Democrats, your Republican brothers and sisters are not crazy. They just see the world in a different way. Amen. Amen. Republicans, your Democrat brothers and sisters aren't crazy. They just see the world in a different way. And when we say and we shout out and we say, I don't understand how anybody could believe it that way. I don't understand how anybody could see it that way. You're not speaking about them. You're really making a declaration about yourself. Yeah, you don't understand because you don't understand. So seek to understand, listen, and learn something. That's how we walk in love. They're just taking a stand based on where they sit. Number three is love. We've got to listen, we've got to learn. And we've got to love. Never ever burn a relational bridge based on a political view. Never ever burn a relational bridge based on a political view. Family, we're all precious to God. The same Jesus that died for your sins as a Democrat died for the sins of the Republicans. Amen. The same guy because he came to establish something new. He came to seek and save the lost. And we're all lost. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. Amen. So we're called to love and to value one another. Amen. We love him because he first loved us. He saw value in us. And he was willing to give his life for us. Amen. So that makes us valuable to God and should make us place a value on one another regardless of how we see the world. We've got to get back to love. Because family, the world is looking for us. Looking to us, excuse me, to model the way forward. The world is looking to us for hope. The world is looking to the church for love. And if all they see is what they already have, they won't be drawn to Christ. He said again, John thirteen thirty four. a new commandment. I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have, if you have, if you have love for one another. So we've got, to, we've got to listen, we've got to learn, and we've got to love. That's the point of it all, is to love, to be unified, amen? We can disagree politically and still yet love unconditionally while we're praying for unity, amen? And by our love for one another, by our unity, by our willingness to learn, By our willingness to listen, to learn, and to love, we show the world something so different that they'll say, man, this has to be God. This has to be how it's supposed to be. Come on, pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your kingdom. We thank you, Lord God, that you came to establish something completely and totally different, God. And it was so radical. It was so, uh, uh, that's why the Bible says that these, the the men, they turned, they took the gospel, they turned the world upside down. It was so radical, so radical that it changed the world.